I'm John. And I'm Jason. And this is Digital Divination on the No Direction Network. back for episode 65 of divination yeah it's it's the numbers slowly going up (laughs) (laughs) that's right yeah so jason how was your uh your long weekend so we just uh this is the day after labor day weekend here in the states yeah it was it was pretty nice um since last we talked actually though i got a big box of stuff from renegade so i have some hardcover books and some uh, dice bags and dice for you know GI Joe and Power Rangers and stuff. Obviously, we we don't have any of the Transformers physical stuff in yet, but I think I'll get those as uh, ASAP. That's just now I've got another. Now I have to start a new shelf of stuff I will get regular on a regular basis. <laughs> nice, nice, uh, yeah. some some nice swag. You do any mm-hmm. uh, any fun stuff over the weekend? Um, fun stuff over the weekend. I got my hair cut. I got a Ooh. the 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 bivalent booster shot uh for COVID and as a reward I went to Burger King for myself. Nice. Yeah. So nice. it was nice. nice. So yeah, it's just sort of real relaxing nothing. How about you? Well, um I actually I'm glad you told me about the bivariant um booster shot i actually sent a message out to my transplant mm. team to ask if if i should get that one now because i've been kind of waiting yeah. i've actually had two boosters already and this would would be Great. my third because my immunocompromised state but i haven't haven't heard back um, we went up to Camino island we have a place up there and hung nice. out uh, friday through monday and the weather was nice it was just kind of mm-hmm. We didn't do anything real work, just kind of chilled. Um, <laughs> you know, Saturday was the kickoff for college football. I'm a big football fan. So I watched oh, football all day. Uh, I smoked a uh, flank steak and a chicken, and we ate. And my daughter and her boyfriend came to visit for the day. And, yeah. you know, just kind of Labor Day yeah. hangout. Not it do was anything. a real relaxing weekend. I yeah. had a, I had a four day weekend, actually. So nice and long. Nice. Nice. Yeah. But yesterday, so this is one thing I had to do on Labor Day. So um, uh, you're, you're, the person that was in that seat before, Ron Lundeen, scheduled sure. a game on Monday night. And oh, so boy. We, uh, we were playing through Abomination Vaults um, over at Ron's house. So it's the 5E version now because he's oh. gone over to that other place. Now He switched he's, it all over. Made you all remake your characters? everything so i was wow. running a champion and uh you know redemption champion and now i gotta run a paladin it's like but it's not quite the it's same not the same yeah. that's it's not like you can't play a different game when you work over there on that uh on that coastal tower <laughs> i'm not gonna say let's let's never say the name no um <laughs> just yeah, that, around that would it. be funny yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it was it was more like he was there. We actually said, hey, you know, you just finished developing this thing for 5e. Mm-hmm. You know, he developed the 
Abomination Vaults for 5e. Why don't we go and give it a shot? You know, we were happy oh, to do enough. it as, as a crew. And and yeah. since he's over there and he kind of needed to learn the system now that he's writing for it. Uh, yeah. So I mean, he kinda, he kinda, he knows it, but he sure. Know, yeah. We thought it would be it would be kind of fun, but you know, more so, hands-on experience with it. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. 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 Like anything else. I mean, we're still like after we we're done recording here, we're still playing Starfinder. We have our Intrepid Heroes podcast sure. that we're recording, and we're like yeah, yeah, level yeah. sixteen or seventeen now, going through Devastation Arc. So it's not like he's like mm-hmm. tossing it all aside or anything. That yes, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. But but like you, I mean, I imagine you're going to start playing some of this uh, Renegade stuff, right? I gotta start, yeah, thinking about running it and and playing it. Um, and it'll it it takes me sometimes a little bit to to spool up to games because I'm already in a, a fair number of of right. games and campaigns. Right, right, right. And once those sort of come to a come to a natural conclusion, I might be like, well, what do we think about? trying out, you know, Transformers for a couple sessions or something. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's been some discussion around uh, No Direction on the network that maybe we ought to have an actual play from the Essence oh. system. So, I uh, haven't yeah. seen that on the on the on the server. It's been super secret discussions and I know I just oh. divulged it, but that's okay. <laughs> because you'd probably be the person that would have to run it, so you know, you'd have to Well, I mean, I wouldn't, no. I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say no. Yes. But let's let's swing back to Starfinder because this is a Starfinder based podcast. Wait, what? oh, you took me by surprise. It, it is, no. yeah. I, you know, you were the the senior developer for for Starfinder, <laughs> so you should be aware of a little bit about that stuff, right? I know a little bit about it. Yeah, I'm yeah, still writing yeah. it. To be honest, you know, that's something else I did this weekend was work on some from some Starfinder freelance. Got in, got in some word count. That's good. That's got good. in some word count exactly. Well, I was thinking, you know, last time we talked about tips and tricks for getting started with Starfinder, mm-hmm. and I don't know how this is going to work, but I was thinking what we could each do is go through the process that we take when we're making a new character for Starfinder, just to kind of mm-hmm. give an example to people to to see how that might work out. What do you, what do you think about that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Now, do you have a, a Kind of a clearly defined process how you do things, or are you just no? Of- I don't really have a click. Just kind of go right. at like like any time I make a character for any system, I yeah. think a little bit about the the system itself is obviously maybe yeah. points me in a direction. I see something that I like, or uh, if the campaign is like, oh, well, we're all playing, you know, outlaws or whatever, I'll I'll, I'll think uh, yeah. a little bit in that way. Uh, for Starfinder, a lot of times I will. Um, so a lot of times I've not made a ton of characters to play Starfinder, to be perfectly honest. But when I think about uh, characters I would like to play, I do kind of gravitate towards fun species of things that I've seen around. I'm nice. Like, Ooh, that would be fun to just be, you know, a walking mm-hmm. amoeba or something like that. Um, and then I kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, I, yeah. 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 I, you know, one of the things I do is I, I have a couple different starting points in, I'll just kind of mention these and then maybe we could jump into stuff. So one of them is if I want to play a particular species, like just as you're Mm -hmm. saying, I'll say, oh, you know, I want to, I just got this really cool SRO boon in society play. It's kind of a rare thing. So I want to make an SRO. So I'll kind of build something around that. Um, I'll have a group that has a missing spot. So I 
They say, okay, mm-hmm. I need to do a type of character. They need a caster. They need a support character. They need a tech character. They need a frontliner, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Or I'll have a name. <laughs> I'll have a, oh, start a with a name. From, from something that, oh, you know, I really want to make this a character with this name. It could be similar to the character in the movie or in mm-hmm. or whatever thing I'm basing the name around. I have some kind of different things we can talk about that, but I'll I'll do something based around that because for the most part um, with the naming thing, I'm just trying to make something I think will be fun to play. You know, it's like sure, yeah, yeah, whatever. So so those are kind of kind of my basic ways. Um, do you want me to kind of go through how how I would build a character? Yeah, start. Okay. Up. So one of the things I have to say is that this has changed a little bit since the pandemic because I used to start just with a, a Starfinder fillable uh, PDF, mm. right? So a character sheet. And so mm-hmm. you can you can actually Google Starfinder fillable PDF and get one. And that's how I did it. I got one. I actually just copy that one all the time, right? Yeah. Um, but once we started going online, I started just building them right into Roll20. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of characters. Yeah. I've never made a character sheet. I just built it in roll 20. And then the the final way is uh, now a lot of folks I know are playing Foundry. So I'll, I'll, I would just build one in Foundry. But yeah. the, the basic mechanics are, are kind of the same. It's just the, how you how you fill things out. Now, the reason why I like each of these, including the the uh, Starfinder fillable character sheet, is it does some calculations for you. Yeah, right? that's very in handy. In terms of, yeah, you know, if you... Uh, put in armor in the armor section. It automatically takes the base armor EAC KAC, adds whatever yeah. Dex modifier, in plants in your armor class, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So a lot of that stuff, um, even on the, the fillable PDFs, automatically gets filled out. First thing is, so I start it with that whatever kind of platform I have, uh, and then the next thing is I got to figure out what's the basis for this particular character. And uh, let me just start with like my my seven zero one for society play. Um, I wanted okay. to make a soldier, okay. So that's that's kind of the the starting point. And so I started thinking, what are the different sci fi soldiers that I would like to to make? And so I'm thinking, I'm watching a lot of different science science fiction stuff. And one of my favorite campy sci fi shows is Starship Troopers. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know, so I say, you know what? I'm going to make a soldier that's kind of like a trooper. You know, can kind of mm-hmm. shoot things and and fire things. Yeah, pretty basic stuff like that. I mean, that's where I started, and actually changed quite a bit. All right, so I kind of have this character sheet. I get started, and then the next thing I do is I actually pull up the uh, archives of of Nethys. Now I have all the books. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you have all the books, and I have them all yeah. in PDF form, and I actually have them all on a iPad, so I can easily search it and stuff. But mm-hmm. when I'm making characters, I really like the archives of, of Nethys. And again, you can just do a quick search for, if you do a Google search for Starfinder and archives, it'll pull up archives of Nethys. Or if you do yeah. Starfinder yeah. and um, the class name, it'll it'll pull that up. And so that's what I usually do to do that. So I'll go ahead and, and uh, pull up the classes. And so, and I'm actually doing this as we're, we're um, talking just to <laughs> remind me of the steps. And, I'm not talented enough to actually put my screen up to show, but maybe someday I can do that as well. Someday. But I'll just kind of walk. I'll go ahead and go to archives and click on the soldier. And it 
gives you all the kind of basic things. And some of the important things to note, though, when you're building the class is what are the starting hit points and the stamina points? Because you'll need those for later. What are the key ability scores? Because you'll need those. Then how many um, how many skill points you get per level and what the basic cl class skills are. The reason why all these things are important is because they vary by class and they give you some bonuses in different ways that you need to keep track of. So I'll go ahead and, and make note of those things. And then depending on what level I'm making, if we're saying I'm making first level, the nice thing about the archives is it gives you a table with class features by level. Mm -hmm. And so in this case, for the soldier, you got level, uh, first level, you get a base attack bonus of one, um, your fort save is two, your reflex save is zero, your roll save is two. And I just fill in those blocks on the character sheet, whatever I'm using. Then it, all of these uh, character um, tables have the special things that happen at that level. So right. for soldier, there's a primary fighting style you have to check, check and a primary fighting technique. The nice thing about the archives is you can like click through these things, mm -hmm. right? Or scroll down either way. And you can see what each of these things means. And so uh, in this case, like, so the, for, for a soldier, you can pick a primary fighting style and under the soldiers listing on the archives, you can click on fighting styles and see all the different fighting styles, ambusher, arcane assailant, archer, armor, storm, you know, they're all alphabetical. Right. What, um, what is also great about Archives of Nethys is that it co collates everything from all the different sources, right? You don't need to look yes. at the four books and it, yes. they'll tell you where it is, what book is from, if you need that for, for, uh, you know, society purposes to bring that with you. But if you just want, uh, to look at all the soldiers' fighting styles, for instance, they're all right there, and then you yes, don't, you, know, you don't have to know what books they what what new ones appear and what new books and whatever. Yeah, so it's definitely handy. Yeah, hundred percent. And, that, and that's I shouldn't have mentioned that. That's actually the reason why I like archives is because oftentimes new things come out in additional books. Also, they come mm -hmm. out in APs. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and it's like, even if you got all the books and you're reading through the books, you know, there may be yeah, something man. new in, a, in an AP. Like I wrote something um, in uh, uh, ooh, Horizons of the Vast in one of the books. I wrote new class features for uh, mystics. And the mm -hmm. only place you find them is either in archives or in that particular AP book. If you don't have it, then then you don't even know they exist. So I, I think that's a fair point. Um, so that's why I like seeing the, the whole table here. Um, and again, I'm kind of picking what, what type of character I have. And, you know, for some reason I got in my mind initially that my soldier would be strength-based because he'd be hitting stuff and everything. Mm -hmm. And I built it when there really was only the core book out. <laughs> so there wasn't any yeah. other book, right? So based on the, the limitations there, I went with a blitz soldier. Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of neat because it gives you um, increased uh, movement speed and it gives you um, a plus, uh, I think it's a plus four on your initiative, right? With a Blitz Soldier. So it right. gives oh, yeah, you some yeah. bonuses right off the back. And then there's some additional things that, that come down there with it. So again, kind of picking a class and picking, you know, the subspecialty, whatever it is that you have to do with that. Um, now, given that I've decided to go with a soldier 
and it's going to be kind of a frontliner uh, melee type. The next thing I would start thinking about then is what species um, that I would want to go to. And again, this is something that um, archives is nice for showing all these things, but there's actually somebody who's compiled on uh, Reddit a hmm. Google sheet mm -hmm. that has all the Starfinder uh, species and the ability bonuses that they oh, each get. Yeah. And uh, again, I, I just Google that. Um, I just Google Starfinder um, races and ability scores, and that pulls up. It pulls up a link to this. And they, they update it pretty frequently. And so this way, if you know that you want to really focus on strength, then you could look at, okay, who all gets a modifier for strength? Now, a mm. lot of things get two modifiers and one negative. So it depends on what you want to do with that. Now, given I was just starting out and I was thinking Starship Troopers, I actually made my first character human, which okay. case I get a plus two to plus two whatever, to whatever I want. Yeah. I, I put it on strength. Um, now, I've made subsequent subsequent soldiers. One of them is a dragonkin. Again, strength mm. base. And the nice thing about dragonkin, it gets a plus four to strength. So you mm, get a lot yeah. um, uh, right off the bat, but you don't get any other pluses to other things and you get a minus. Um, so anyway, picking a race or species, I always, they're called one thing a lot of times, but then yeah. I don't really know the appropriate term. Well, I what was the plan uh, uh, in the final days? We, we you know, we're working on the uh, book, which is, only been fairly recently announced of interstellar species. Right. Which um, I'll tell you, I know that it will have a nice, uh, it's like four pages long or something like that. Um, that, ha uh, that is essentially a list of every playable species in the, if, everywhere, basically. Uh, right. A little picture of them and a little, a little, like one sentence description, and then I think uh, like to tell you where uh, what other book you can find it in, uh, and so mm -hmm. that's going to be really handy for this if you want to have a nice visual aid. Nice. Uh, but uh, in, in general, sort of like race is kind of a legacy term from from Pathfinder, right. and all, the first edition of Pathfinder, in a lot of ways, and and we were always at the beginning we kind of wanted to even change it, but we didn't. We didn't feel right. the the. Uh, I don't know. There was too much history or, or, or inertia there in that sense. Mm -hmm. uh, but in every time we would talk about it sort of internally, we would, we would say playable species is a new playable right. species in this book. Yes, it is. Um, and, and we may even say that in like marketing terms or whatever, but then it would be called racial traits. Right. Right. In the, in the sidebar. Right. right? Um, and you get racial bonuses, right. To, to, to certain skills or what have you. Uh, so, and with interstellar species, well, like let's all just just start saying species from here on yeah. out. That's what they are. That's what that's good. It's you know Pathfinder Two has already gone to ancestry uh, right. to to replace the word race, and that's a, that was a positive change. And we wanted to have a similar positive change. So um, I would say from now, and then I think in interstellar species, there's a sidebar that says it's you'll from now on the books will say species, and they'll say plus you know plus two species bonus to athletics or whatever um that's the word going forward you can uh, just sort of pretend that's what we were using the whole time <laughs> you know obviously we're not right. gonna they're not gonna go back into the the pdf they're not, not even go back into the pdfs or or obviously not the print stuff to replace that but 
we can all just sort of all just sort of right. agree to 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 delude ourselves collectively and saying, oh yes, we always said species, and that's what it will, always will be from now on. Okay, yeah. Somebody actually corrected me like last year on something like that, mm. and I'm thinking, man, so have I been reading it wrong the whole time? But so no, thank you for that that clarification. Yeah, on it's that. written that yeah. way, but we all like yeah. to pretend it's not. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. So uh, getting back to where I'm at, you know. Um, that's kind of the, basically how I picked the class and, and, and things like that. Um, assigning uh, the ability scores uh, for most classes, you'll have just one. Um, some of them you can pick between the two. Soldier can pick between dex or strength is a, right. is a key ability. primary a key ability score, which helps you determine resolve points and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so usually I, I buff that up. One of the trade-offs that you typically have to look at is do you want to um, keep it like at 16, which is a good number, or do you want to bump right. it up to 18? When you bump it up to 18, that really costs you a lot across the board doing the point yeah. buy. So I usually go for having a 16, maybe two 16s. So like a soldier might have a 16 in strength and a 16 in con, and then a 14 yeah. and a 12, or you could have a 16 and a bunch of 14s. Um, it really depends on if you're trying to min-max or make a well-rounded mm -hmm. uh, character. Uh, after that, um, you know, there's quite a bit about, you know, what type of equipment you want to pick. In my case, I, you know, one of the things with a, a soldier strength base, um, if you always got to be up close in the action, if something is high above you, you can't reach it. So yeah. one of the things I really got into is thrown weapons. Um, mm -hmm. So I really, I really like the star knives and the fact that you can have yeah. Uh, a called or a returning fusion at level one, relatively cheap to put on it, makes that you know endless ammo good, for yeah. you, and right. it's all you get. Add your strength modifier <laughs> to hit and to damage, and so you know those are the kind of things I think of as I'm equipping and 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 whatnot. And and star knives are really canonically, you know, a piezo thing in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know they've kind of uh, Paizo's actually developed a couple of things afterwards that are similar, and the singing disc. So basically, hmm. it's a disc that you can throw and use like a star knife, but it does sonic damage instead. Which I, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that's something that wasn't out originally. It's like, oh, now I can do energy damage with my mm -hmm. throwing uh, weapon that uses uh, yeah, yeah. strength and everything. You know, so that's I mean I, I'm not going through all the different parts, but that's kind of the basic approach I take. Um, you know, picking a class, picking kind of what type of flavor I want to have it, and then basing a species that yeah, I think yeah. fits that well, distributing the ability scores and, and things like that. Um, what about you? What's your approach for, for doing something similar to this? Before I get into this, can I just tell you a quick thing that I learned while you were while you were talking and I sort of was looking at soldiers. I have archives of Nethys open as well. And yeah, I was just yeah, kind of sure. clicking through and I saw something that I hadn't seen before. There's like a soldier style that's in thinking a tech revolution called like powerhouse something or other. Yeah. Um and I was like, oh I never seen that. I was kinda of curious. And then it was like, oh yeah, you get to punch people with Dashkos and you know, really really hit people really hard. Yeah. Um and this is when I learned that you can't make attacks of opportunity with unwieldy weapons. Something oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I didn't know until just now, and I'm pretty sure have oh. let players make attacks of opportunity with unwieldy weapons as a GM at least once. Ah, it's, yes. a, it's one of those little, little tiny rules that if you're not uh, uh, paying attention to, you they'll, they'll fire it. And, well, it, you know, in a way, it doesn't really matter too much, but yeah. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because that's something we we have a couple people in our in our local group, and one of them mm-hmm. is a real stickler for small things like that. Mm, and yeah. that's how that and um oh the stacking of operatives edge with other right, insight bonuses. That's insight how we bonus. learned. Oh, we can't do all those things because yeah. basically it makes it OP. And the thing with unwieldy weapons is they typically hit a lot harder yeah they do big than a standard weapon right and oftentimes they're they're two-handed so to to kind of uh, make the trade-off that's i think that's why they make them unwieldy and you can't yeah. do the attacks of i always just I thought know. it was you you couldn't do it was it was only you couldn't do two attacks per round you couldn't do a full yeah. attack right with an unwieldy weapon because they do the big dive damage and it's it makes sense yes. to me but i didn't realize it was also opportunity attacks which is yes uh Interesting. Um, so, okay, you've made your. Let's say, for sake of argument, you've made your. You're in. We're in the same group with this, right? And you're making your yeah. soldier, uh, and maybe even one of the. Uh, uh, again, for sake of argument, you've made your dragonkin, the dragonkin version okay. of the soldier. I think if I was in this campaign, I hadn't yet come up with an idea, right? Yet I would kind of be paying attention to what other people are doing. Like you said, sometimes I'll fill in the blanks uh, uh, and I haven't yet, or I might just be in the process of flipping through and then someone will say, oh, I'm going to play this. That might spur me on the, on, on, the, on a, on a route to, to making my own character. So uh, what I'm already thinking, what I'm thinking is that I would be like, hey, John, what if I made a Rhyforian and we could be best buds? Yes. You know, yep. you're a cool, so- you're, you're the tough soldier is doing the thing. I'll be the, I'll be the smart, um, sneaky type or something like that so i will start by make looking at riforians uh and looking at what their bonuses are uh, and, and why riforian you have to say well lore wise riforians and dragonkin all come both come from triaxis and yeah. there is something called the skyfire legion and i might even ask you hey do you want to be part of that we may have been part of the skyfire legion which is a kind of a mercenary mm-hmm. group um, that was actually the Skyfire Legion is introduced actually in Pathfinder back in the Reign of Winter AP when that AP goes to Triaxis, which I don't, you know, that, that, that bonkers AP, um, and talks about how that's a sort of a, um, a group of, of forces where, um, uh, uh the, the native Traxons would be riding dragons. It was sort of our, it right. was sort of a take on the dragon riders of Pern with, winter stuff mixed in there basically but we sort of in starfinder took that a step further and being like oh no i have dragon kin oh instead of them right they be they just become like sort of like bonded buds who fight right. side by side and complement each other's stuff and it's almost becomes like um just a, i mean it's a relationship for sure but it almost becomes in some ways it's sort of it's often played like it could turn into a romantic relationship or or you know but but it is a sort of a, it's a close relationship it's closer than right you would be with it any other some other member of your adventuring party like uh in a way in a way that like you know uh uh partners in a and the fbi or or you know in a police force would be sort of like oh this is this is this is who i work with mm-hmm. um so that's why i might pick right for and i would i would look and and sort of i know that there's some trimorphism there a little bit but i don't think i could actually just look this up uh if that has anything to do with their stat bonuses or what have you but um Ooh, yeah, i think it's just um, some of them get cold resistance and some of them get yes, resistance yes. yeah um, so they're basically all con oh, plus two con plus two wisdom minus two strength so i'd be again uh, uh neither con and wisdom sort of screams at me sneaky envoy to, you know or, or chatty type 
So mm-hmm. um doesn't really matter. I would still probably keep it keep that in. I could go mystic. No, I don't know if I really want to do that. Well, I could do it. Let's just say no. Um, because I want to help you with the fighting a little more. I guess I could. There's a lot of newer mystic uh connections that uh are in a whole bunch of like things like Galactic Magic and stuff that might actually be more battle oriented, right? What the heck? Let's just go. Let's just see what Mystic. Because I also like casting spells every so often. So let's use Archives of Nethys's list of connections and just kind of skim through them real quick. Um, do I want to be a Crusader? No. Well, I'd be. I'd most likely be asking you questions about your character at this point. I was like, "What do you right. think? What do you All see? Right. What do you see? Your dragon can is is you know? Are they kind of like a uh uh." Did you pick Star Trek Troopers because you want to just fight big monsters, or, or do you have like, oh, I'm, I like the military portion of it? Oh, my Dragonkin is different, different bases. I wanted. Oh, fair just, enough. Yeah, and, and for actually, what you know, whatever I, reason, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you. So my Dragonkin, I had, I wanted something with a lot of reach to use reach weapons mm-hmm. because I wanted to use a very specific feat that came out in the character operations manual called spinning cleave. Ooh. Are you familiar with that? No, not intimately. So, so with cleave, normally you only can hit things that are adjacent to each other. You can cleave right. into it. Yeah. If you have spinning cleave, you only have to be within your reach and you can mm-hmm. cleave to the next one. If you have spinning great cleave, you can continue to hit things until you miss. Mm-hmm. And if you have a 30-foot reach, I wouldn't have that one. But so you had a 15-foot reach, yeah, right? Yeah. Then you're hitting a lot of stuff, threatening a lot of stuff. That, that was, that's my reach, uh, Dragon Kin. <laughs> um, I'm just kind of, again, kind of scrolling. I mean, the impetus when you pick Mystic is just go with the healer connection and just make sure that your buddy stays alive. Um, might go with that. Might go with the medic, sort of the, some some field medic background stuff, and just yeah. be. And my, this is all just coming to me. I'm just sort of making this up as I go yeah. along here. Um, and do the kind of sarcastic, oh, a ma- just sort of thinking about mash all of a sudden, and yeah. uh, 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 you know, go with Hawkeye's kind of like I'm going to patch you up, but I'm also going to be snarky about it. Oh, you got yourself shot again, you dummy uh here let me bandage you up or let me heal you with my spells so uh uh yeah i think that's what i'm thinking that i'd go with that and then just sort of continue to build from there put the you know like you said uh, uh do the uh, ability score build uh, uh ability score uh, ability scores generation and then start picking gear and stuff like that from there now you mentioned the medic um i actually i have a question about that Oh yeah. Um is that is that something that you worked on put together? I don't recall. There was a isn't there a couple there's like you know the battle medic. Yes, I did work uh, on that one. So there's a medic <laughs> uh alter There's uh, a battle medic theme. Yeah, I'm no, I'm looking that's at that's one the, I do. And then there's a medic archetype, right? Yeah, the medic archetype. Now there's something really interesting about this. And it's the uh second level uh ability. It's called doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whenever you use equipment or your abilities to restore hit points to a creature, any surplus healing that is required uh, beyond what was required to get them to maximum hit points restores as many uh, restores as stamina points to that mm-hmm. creature. And so the question I have, 
and this is something okay. that I've seen debated is what if a creature isn't down any hit points? Does it all straight go to stamina or do you actually have to heal at least one hit point before oh, yeah. it goes to I stamina? I remember this question as well. <laughs> and I don't remember if it ended up on the FAQ or not. Um, I, I, I think I've there was looked, a small debate in the cube. Any definitive from a Paizo person? Uh, I've seen people kind of interpreting right. it. This is what we believe. Because one of the things it says is um, when you use your equipment or your abilities to restore hit points. So you yes. use them to restore. So it seems like maybe you have to restore hit points. You have to die. Yeah, I think that's was the intent. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, here's the thing. Um, if you're down to, you don't have hit point damage, I guess if you don't want to spend that resolve point, but some of those medicine, a lot of the sort of like tasks of medicine to, to restore hit points to you take like 10 minutes or whatever. Right. At least the basic ones. So it does seem like you're not really, you're not gaming the system as much as you might think you are <laughs> by saying, oh, you you have zero hit point damage. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to use my first aid kit and just do a medicine check. Not to, not to, it doesn't cost oh. me anything except for the not spending the resolve point, I guess. If you combine this though with your healer, and mm. you use your channel ability, mm-hmm. you can now give stamina points to back to everybody party, regardless of their hit point status. And so I've seen this played both ways. Yeah. And I have a a medic uh, that is a mystic that has this, and I would like to play it. That oh. All the surplus is surplus. I don't have to heal you or anything, but I don't right. really know. Um, and so I think I, I do think the interpretation is you have to do yeah. some healing. I think the intent is to do some healing. Again, I don't feel like it's that personally. I don't feel like it's that wildly unbalanced to go from I've got one hit point of damage and and I get ten. I just get ten back, so I have nine stamina. To going from zero hit points of damage and having ten stamina because. That stamina is going to go away so fast if you don't do other things True. to boost it back up, yeah. right? Um, and you got to a point where if you're doing tons of healing, it's just sort of like, why don't you just get it all back by resting? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, right, but if you're in a big battle... But if you're so in a big thing, battle, yeah. Right, so an envoy is limited to one time. Mm. They, can, they can do inspiring boost or inspiring oration to heal everybody, right? Yeah. The medic, because you're using your channel, you can do that multiple times. So it is a but really powerful doesn't thing. Healing, doesn't healing channel take 10 minutes? Uh, no, that is an in-combat healing thing. Touch. That's healing touch, Yes, I think is what I'm yeah. thinking of. Yeah, healing channel, you can use it as a various type of actions depending on the range you want to do cover. Anyway, that's, the... a, that, that's a small nuance. You brought up the medic. I was hoping that you might have a definitive <laughs> answer there for me. Not sure. Oh, you mean the you mean the Mystic Cure spell? Uh, oh, hold on, hold on. Wait. There are abilities. I keep forgetting that connections also have ability. That the healing. Yeah, channel. the connection. Look under the connection. Okay, yeah, that, I, oh, that I always thought that was. I always thought the healing channel ability of the healer Mystic was an interesting insight into what Pathfinder Second Edition's heal spell would become. Right. Right. It's. It seems like a lot. And oh, because yeah. it's based around resolve points, 
you can do it an awful lot in combat, right? Every round. Sure, yeah, if you want to spend those resolve points. Right? And look at if you look yeah. at how it scales every third level. So if you're fighting the big boss at 15th level, you're doing, what is this going to be, 7d8 every round mm-hmm. to everybody. And if you have the medic and you can give stamina. But anyway, I thought it was really, like really OP stuff. It was interpreted that way. And I wasn't sure. That's all. Again, you know, I remember, uh, I think I, I remember vaguely us talking about it. <laughs> And I don't remember okay. what the answer was. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a big deal, obviously. It yeah. wasn't something Fair enough. you had to worry about. All right. Well, let's talk about names. So I haven't, yeah, I haven't said names. my name for for my my uh, Starship Trooper-based guy. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you the name. And uh, you tell me if you can figure out what it means. Okay. okay. So uh, my character's name is actually Juanita Esperanza Ricoli Jr. I mean, that sounds vaguely like a starship troopers name uh, or, right. or or a reference to the uh, uh, uh second aliens movie i think uh, okay. with uh, vasquez yeah right right could be um and and i and i'll say it again a little slower so okay. Juanito Esperanza Ricoli Jr but if you're in the military you never say anybody's full name you always shorten it so okay. if you were to shorten this name to somebody to use in battle, you would just call him Johnny Rico. Oh, okay. That's the main. That's, that's the main. The, yes, that's, there you go. But oh, I okay. have this whole long name, and and so if you see that, oh, you you can't tell what it is. So when I name characters, I try to have some creative kind of points to other things, and I, I can have mm-hmm. more examples. But I want to hear how you name characters. I also kind of go that way. Sometimes I'll have a, just sort of a general idea for a name, uh, 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 i.e. a bunch of letters that kind of sound like a name. If it's just like a fantasy mm-hmm. or sci-fi character, it doesn't need to be a real name. Um, sometimes I'll use um, inspiration from, you know, I'm trying to remember any like other character names that I've had. Uh, uh, like I just think of the most recent character that I've made for, for playing is, um, she in a, a 5e game um and he's a monk uh, a, a turtle monk uh named Jezek, which is spelled with a d and a j at the beginning and i was just sort of vaguely kind of thinking of uh you know just sort of fantasy sounding kind of names you know right, uh, right, right, and right. going with a dj and then putting a z in there and putting a king and throwing all sorts of things all all sorts of letters together um i sometimes will just be happy with naming a character kind of um oh you can call me preacher or something you know like that just like that's right. basically uh uh what was that that was it was it wasn't preacher it was something like that though uh where i was some sort of spiritual uh individual um but in this case um i would start with something i i often like to depending for starfinder anyway i have i have some tiny rules for naming certain species okay um that i've thought of when i might have you might see a lot of them in adventure pass or people like to throw them in a lot um or just like something that i dreamt up it's this is not necessarily going to be canon but i often try to stick to that one of them is sort of like gorins i kind of try to give them 
vaguely Welsh names. <laughs> nice. Um, but, but fantasy Welsh. So what I, what I often yeah. would do, and I had, I, I, I talked a little bit about this, uh, on a discord, uh, server with some of my freelancers, just sort of like where to start when yeah. start at a place like that with real life names. Right. And then, Keep taking a couple steps. Don't stop when you've got a, a name. But you might oh, yeah, official say, writing. What? You can't use real life names. It, it, that doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. you can do that. Well, you can do the Game of Thrones thing, which is to change yeah. one or two vowels in a name, yeah. or or just sort of if you say Henry out loud and but spell it, you know, H I N double N R I or E or something like that. And yeah, okay. But then when you that looks normal when you that looks fantasy ish when you write it down. But if you were to say it, it's just oh that's just Henry. Um, and with it, you know, maybe Henry, but it's basically Henry. Um, I might I already kind of like that name. I might use it for this right for you. Um, uh, and, um, but I do have a sort of a thought of like, I have named a couple NPC Riforians through adventures and they kind of that they're the, it's tricky because there's only so many of them. There's certain things like, um, oh, also like, um, uh, what were they? Uh, 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 the the fetchlings, the Kyle, the sort of uh, shadow-blooded humanoids, uh, mostly humans, was also like, well, start with names that kind of sound like Shadow and Umbridge and whatnot mm-hmm. and kind of like play from there. Right. Um, what I might do, though, is also, you know, you go to a... Why not go with a Russian? Just go with Russian to English. Oh, oh, you know, Vesks kind of have this sort of vaguely Russian-y kind of right. names right. too, right? Um, but, uh, thinking about Riforians and, and, and Triaxian was always a sort of a very wintry planet. It's still back in its wintry phase in current Starfinder. Uh, oops, I did it the wrong way around. Um, do it the other way. Uh, uh, oh boy. I didn't know the Russian word for winter is Zima. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, one of them at any rate. Uh, obviously there's going to be sort of like words. I'm doing this live. Um, <laughs> okay, so so something like this. So I would uh, look at this. Uh, I started just putting cold, and and the the Google Translate of Russia came with Koladno uh, with a K and an H. Um, and I'm already looking K and H together. I'll I'll, I'll throw a K. And I'll throw an H after a K all the time. Uh, right. That's uh, uh, but then I don't want this to be exactly well for a. For a home game, I would do that. I would probably just say, oh, that's right. my name. Cold, right. cold enough. Yeah, that's cold different. Enough. I think when you're writing but, for publication, yeah. right? writing for publication, you actually have to check to make sure it doesn't mean something. Exactly, right? yeah. But for a home game, and that's what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about for for playing. Sure, yeah. You if know, you're the type of going to make yeah. a reference to Johnny Rico, well, it's all good. Right. Well, so I will probably really just do do that much work for a home game. About I'll pick yeah. like an adjective. I'll pick a language. Uh, that is appropriate to the sort of the thoughts of whatever uh, uh, character I am. Do a couple of words in it, translate, find something that's good, maybe chop off a letter or two anyway, uh, right. or just kind of go with the sound. Because uh, sometimes, you know, you're going to say something in a, that's technically another language. In in, in English, it's going to be sometimes difficult to do. Right. Um, and I want to be able to, so, so maybe I'll just go with colo. Which kind yeah. of sounds like cola, so I might think about that. You know, <laughs> think about that, and do I want it that to sound like that? But it's yeah. also fine. Cola with an H yeah. is 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 pretty, I think. Yeah, good enough. Good enough for a home game. All right, all right. Let me give you another name, and and I, I'm actually always curious mm, if okay. if I'm outsmarting myself in coming up with these names. <laughs> so this one's a little bit more straightforward. Um, Bishop two K seven. 
It's an Android operative. Is that a chess move? It is a chess move. Do you know where it's from? No, I don't know chess moves well enough. So this is the chess move that um, was used in the original Blade Runner when, um, I don't remember his name, uh, Rutger Hauer's character is trying to get Mm -hmm. in to meet the the guy that um, um, created him. And so Mm -hmm. he brings a fellow who's playing chess with the creator guy, and that's what he says, Bishop to K7, right? So that's mm-hmm. kind of one homage, right, to replicants in Blade Runner. Bishop yeah, yeah. is actually, in the comics, is actually a kind of operative type of thing. In the movies, Bishop oh, yeah. is a fixer or an assassin um, played by Jason Stratham. So it's, to me, it kind of covered a lot of ground, Bishop to uh, 2K7, sounding like an android, but having a couple different meanings. And so that's actually one of my favorite names. That was my second character that I made for Society to Play, my android operative. Again, we didn't have a whole lot of other things out there. And <laughs> Sure, 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 yeah. yeah. Cool. So do you have any really fun names that uh, you've used that... I was trying to think of... Because for some reason, I'm drawing <laughs> complete blanks. Um, I mean, they're just sort of fun. I mean, nothing like I would say super clever. Uh, some clever. It's like I'm trying to remember the name of my this Minotaur character that I played, which is essentially I don't think I called him Keratos. It was like an ancient Greek set of setting. <laughs> yeah, I may have called him Keratos. Um, uh, uh, um, or something like that, and. Um. Uh. Sorry. This is good. This is good audio. Me going derp derp derp. Uh, <laughs> uh. No. I don't. Some of the other things I've played, they've just been pretty like said in the real world. So we're just like Noah Brown. That's kind of just a normal name. Yeah. Uh. Right. So. Um. The other well, the one I played for a fair while was in a first edition Giant Slayer game, and her name was um, Yazraster Bloodhammer. Because uh, we're all oh, the Bloodhammer cool. clan. It was the whole yeah. thing. Uh, but yeah. everyone's just like, oh, you know. But I also like to think of like, oh, that can be shortened to Yaz. Everyone just calls me Yaz. Right. right? Exactly. So, exactly. So, so so finding names, even in the fantasy world, you're, when, you're, even with your, when you're playing with your friends, most likely you're going to get a, maybe get a nickname or a shortened version of it. If you come up with a real long name, I'm just going to call you Chief or Cowboy or whatever. Right. Um, right. right. Uh, oh, no, the, my most fun name. Oh, I just thought of it. It's something I'm currently playing. I'm actually in a very much a... Um, uh, an occasional two E game that's kind of uh, using the the gunslinger stuff. It's kind of set in a, right. in, a in a wild west, and it's a name I came up with a while back uh, uh, for an NPC, but I decided to use it as for my cactus leshy. Um, <laughs> his cool. his real name is his real name is Jesse Greenfoot, uh, but he he's an outlaw, so he likes to be called the Manticore Kid. Um, and I'm very pleased with that because basically I was sort of pacing. I was going to be like, okay, well he's going to throw like the original npc was a halfling yeah. uh, uh who would throw knives right uh so this guy's just i'll just throw i'll just figure out a way that i can throw my spines or yeah it would end up being javelins uh at people so but everyone nice. everyone in the everyone i you know all the other players just end up calling me jesse <laughs> or yeah. the plant guy uh and i'm like oh the magic kid yeah fantasy names i'm i'm 
I'm not really good at those. I, I have I have a dwarf though in society play. And I was trying to think of again a pop reference for my dwarf. And one of my mm-hmm. favorite names that I've been using for dwarves is Garth. And so mm-hmm. I had a I have a, a um it's a biohacker is my dwarf. And his main thing is he he doles out lots of drugs. So um <laughs> he's Garth he's Garth Algar. Um mm-hmm. I don't know if you know who Garth Algar is. That sounds, I mean, sounds vaguely familiar. He's from Wayne's World. He's in. Uh, oh, is that? Yeah. Oh, that's that's Garth's last name in Wayne's World, or is that a yeah, different Algar? Garth, Garth okay, Algar. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, I thought that was right. a, that's a really dwarf sounding. So I'll just use that. Yeah. And and some people are like, oh, that sounds familiar. Where's it from? And as I was Wayne's World, oh, okay, because they oh. think it's some oh. other other thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well. The, this is a lot of, and I actually have a whole bunch more names, but I, I don't think we'll need to go through all. Sure. We could just be, we could talk about all of our characters yeah. forever. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this is, this has been fun. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. we, we can kind of pick and choose these sorts of things to, to help sure, people yeah. get started and playing. I, one of the things I think would be useful, and maybe we can talk about this next time is how do you build a high level character, right? How do you build that concept? Right. Starting out, you don't necessarily know where they're going to end, but you got some sense. You know, if you're going to build a level 12 or level 15, level 20 character, that's a whole different thing, because then you're looking at the the whole, you know, stream of what you can do down the road. So indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been great. Um, I'm John. And I'm Jason. And this has been Digital Divination.